This program is brought to you by the partners of A Root Awakening International. Help others find truth. Support A Root Awakening International today. Disasters can take out communications, including your cell phone. So how will you communicate with loved ones if cell towers and even electricity are unavailable? Ted Clayton and Jim Lathan share critical information about what you need for emergency communications, where to get it, how to do it right, and why you need to get ready right now. Because it's the end of the sixth day, the sun is set, and this is Shabbat Night Live. Shabbat Shalom, Torah fan. Welcome to Shabbat Night Live with Michael Rue. Did you know that our very own Ted Clayton is an emergency communications expert? He is. Ted lived in Louisiana at the time of Hurricane Katrina when it destroyed his business, forced him and his, and his family to start all over again in another state. So tonight, Ted is going to share some very real scenarios with you about emergency communications, whether it's a natural disaster or the likes of what we're seeing in the book of Revelation. So we're calling this Revelation Preparation. Tonight is episode three. It's also the third Shabbat on the 11th month on the astronomically and agriculturally corrected biblical Hebrew calendar. There, you see it there. Okay, well, it's time to talk prepping with uh, our partner services leader, David Robinson. Good to be here, Scott. Good to be here. Hey, yeah. thank you for sharing your message that you had last week all about yeah. hunting and stuff. Mm -hmm. Very cool stuff. Yeah. Um, I think one of the most poignant things you ever taught me was about if you're going to plant a garden in the woods or you know right. doing that kind of thing apart from where you would normally do it, that you need to do it Right. In different places because not everybody's prepared like you. I know. You're gonna have people kind of robbing and stealing to yeah, get what you well, have. Yeah, well, it's like, a, you know, we talked about this several times and about it's a, there's different levels of survival, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, different reasons for practicing survival techniques. So if we get to that place where, you know, um, you know, I had this friend said, yeah, man, I got this big old tank down here and I drive a gas truck, so I'm gonna fill that thing up and, you know, this was when Y2K was thought to, you know, was yes. going to change the world. And um, and I looked right at him. I go, that that's crazy. And he goes, why? And I go, they'll kill you. Yeah. You're the only one driving around with gas, you know, in a vehicle. You're a dead man. Mm -hmm. Same thing with gardens. If you're not in, in a, a community type setting, you know, if it's that bad, people are going to come and steal your food and will kill you for that cabbage Right. if it gets that bad. So you do. You need to know how to plant your garden outside of the little square rectangular backyard garden, yep. where to plant it in different areas uh, against the woods, where it can still get sunlight, knowing your plants about you know the, what kind of soil acidity does mm -hmm. it need to prosper, but spreading this stuff out so that it, you know, people won't, you know, come hunting for it. Right. You know, so. And hopefully, you know, love prevails with all of this. So mm -hmm. instead of pushing people out and point, pointing a firearm them. at them, invite them in for right. a meal exactly. and say, hey, why don't you be part of our community? Why don't you help us sustain, bring your skills mm -hmm. to our group, and we'll be stronger. 
Right, and if we're a community, we're, there's gonna be a unification that you don't see now if, right. this, if we're in the setting of survival as a community. Uh, and just as the children of Israel had around the camp the riffraff, mm-hmm. you know, but they were able to discern good and bad riffraff. If we're a community, we're worshiping together, we're feeding and loving our neighbor, we'll know what's good and bad. Exactly. Who and, to let in and who not. And they're a good example because Jehovah will protect us mm-hmm. even though everything's going to hell in a handbasket around us. Right. We're gonna be protected in the midst and those who see Yehovah's hand will have their hearts softened and follow us. Right, love is the answer. Yep. So even in a survival situation, you know, we're to love our enemy, pray for our enemy. Exactly. Uh, Our desire should be not to isolate ourselves. It should to uh, be to actually impress, influence others with the love of God. If anything, right now we're isolating ourselves just from public opinion, because Mm -hmm. not everybody's doing what we're doing. No, everybody thinks you're crazy if you do this. But But everybody, you know, when Watake 2K hit, I had people that. before were giving me a hard time because I was a hunter, mm-hmm. okay? Okay, hold on, wait, 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 so, so Y2K. <laughs> Y2K, you remember, remember Y2K, this. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. people that were giving me a hard time about hunting and you know joking, picking at me, or just didn't like me, there were actually a few of those when Y2K was about to happen, called me and asked me to teach them how to hunt. Really? Yeah, so we don't wanna wait Right. You know, till something bad actually happens, you want to prepare beforehand. Right. You know, so that you, uh, and, and God will put on your heart to what extent you want to go to uh, prepare for, you know, bad things that could happen. Right. Now, so Y2K, nothing happened. And for those of you who are under 25, by the way, Y2K was a time when everybody thought that when all the digital clocks clicked over to the new century, right. that all of a sudden there was gonna be this massive outage of everything electronic. That's right. what the assumption was. Uh, and so everybody freaked out. And yeah. I just don't know what that was. But, yeah. so, yeah. uh, but that didn't happen. Nope. And so what we're talking about tonight with what we see in the world happening, mm-hmm. uh, with the convergence of medical and government oh, and, yeah. and all this kind of stuff coming together, okay, maybe it doesn't happen. But you know what, it's always good just to get ready just in case. Maybe this is another wake up call from Yehovah for the real deal. And who knows if what's coming is the real deal or not. We're just saying, you know what? There's enough evidence out there right, right. now that it's, wait a sec, we've got to get ready now. It's time to we, stop playing games. We said this a lot, you know, pray about it. Ask the Father to reveal to you what he would have you do. Yeah. You know, as far as even making a community, you're you're kind of part of a community, yeah. your Shabbat group or whatever. Our Shabbat guys- group is amazing because they are of this mindset. Uh, we have a couple of guys who were in Afghanistan. There you so go. they have skills in communications and with firearms mm-hmm. uh, We and, and just how to secure a perimeter, what all this kind of good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and in case you do have to protect yourself. Then we have people who are experts at canning. Yeah. Who who knows the uh, the lost art of canning yes. but a few grandmothers out there and some people who have dove back in and decided to learn it. Yeah, pressure canning. Yeah. Right, pressure canning, right. Mm-hmm. And do you know you can pressure can not just fruits and vegetables but meats. Oh, that's yeah, we talked about on my thing, you know. Exactly. You, there's ways to preserve without refrigeration. Yeah. So. And we have other people who are uh, who know how to identify wild herbs. We have Forging. another guy who's a chiropractor. Mm-hmm. So this is why you need a community, especially uh, like a Shabbat believing community, so everybody you know is on the same wavelength uh, spiritually even, mm-hmm. and then you have all these practical things as well. Mm-hmm. Well, now you've got a community. Right. That's a great thing to get into. So search around. I'll bet there's a community around you if you haven't found one already that has folks like.
like this in right. it. Right, exactly. And people that they're not crazy, they just uh, have been moved to prepare for anything that may happen. Right, so. exactly. Now, by the way, we hope that you are excited and as intrigued by this series as much as Michael is. He and his wife, Anna Lil, were very excited about this whole series when we told them about it, what we were planning, and they hope that everyone, and that means you, are taking notes and getting ready for what's coming our way, especially as believers. So the fact that fact alone could make us very unpopular in the very near future, as David and I were just talking yeah. about. So, so hang on. Trust Jehovah and get prepared now, just like Michael and Anna Lil are literally doing. They are indeed getting prepared. Our crew made a delivery of some uh, emergency equipment to their house the other day, so take heed and do like Michael does. Absolutely, everybody pray about it. See what the Father would have you do. Prepare for what is coming. All right, so thank you, David. Yes, disasters can take out communications, including your cell phone. So. How will you communicate with loved ones if cell towers and even electricity are unavailable? Ted Clayton, Jim Lathan share some critical information about what you need for emergency communications. But first, it's time to get out the bread and the wine. The Kiddish with Michael is coming up next. Of all the gospel accounts, not one was written by a relative of Yeshua. At least, not one that we have in today's Bible. There are, in fact, many gospel accounts that never made it into our modern Bibles, the most significant of which was written by James, the brother of Yeshua. Significant because of its details surrounding a family secret about their cousin, Yochanan, John the Baptist. You couldn't come out and accuse Herod or Rome of these things that they didn't want to take responsibility for. Herod was trying to hide this murder. He doesn't want James writing it up in his gospel. Anybody who has that gospel from James himself would be tracked down and killed. In this month's Love Gift Teaching, The Gospel of James, Dr. Miles Jones explains the details of James' fascinating accounts of John, the murder of John's father, Zechariah, and his mother's heroic escape to the hills of Judea. Right now, for a limited time, you can get your copy of The Gospel of James by donation. Donate a $50 love gift and we'll send you The Gospel of James on DVD or Blu-ray. Or for a donation of $100, we'll send you The Gospel of James, plus a hand-painted wooden wall hanging featuring the Hebrew name of Yehovah. Or as a special offer for a donation of $300, we'll send you The Gospel of James, the hand-painted wall hanging, plus a stunning acrylic keepsake featuring the Hebrew name of God, scanned directly from the Aleppo Codex. These are special gifts from Michael Rood to thank you for your support. Make your donation today and receive the $50 gift, the $100 gift, or the $300 gift. Don't wait. The Gospel of James is available only until January 31st and supplies are limited. Call now to receive your gifts, 888-766-3610. That's 888-766-3610. Or get your gifts online at monthlylovegift.com. If you like what you see on Shabbat Night Live, you'll love the bonus episodes. Now available only on the MichaelRue.tv app. These bonus episodes dive deep to give you more serious study, cutting-edge content, and righteous raves you won't find anywhere else. It's Michael Rood Uncut. Sign up now to get the MichaelRude.tv app free for 14 days. It's everything Michael Rood plus all new bonus episodes you won't find anywhere else. Sign up to watch now at MichaelRude.tv. 
The night of the Last Supper, Yeshua took our tone, our tone, leavened bread, and he blessed the Most High, and he broke the bread and said, this represents my body, which will be broken for you. He took the cup, and he blessed the Most High and said, this represents the renewed covenant in my blood. The following day, the following day, on the 14th of the month of the Aviv, there were two large loaves on the wall of the temple. And when they took the first loaf down, after that, no more bread, no more leavened bread was eaten. Then when they took the second loaf down, that's when all of the leavened bread in the city of Jerusalem and everywhere else was completely expunged. It was burnt in the fire. That was the rehearsal that was done the following day, just before the Passover lambs were sacrificed in preparation for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But Yeshua represents in this very thing in the breaking of the bread that we do, in the Kiddush, in the sanctification, every Shabbat, we remember that his body was broken for us. By his stripes, we were healed. And in the taking of this cup, as we say this prayer in thanksgiving to Almighty God, Baruch Atah Yehovah Eloheinu Melech HaAlam, Borei Pri Hagafen. Yeshua said this, is the renewed covenant in my blood. As often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Every meal, any time, any Sabbath, any feast, any time that you need to remember his broken body and shed blood, we do this in remembrance of him. Welcome to this episode of Revelation Preparation. Now we're going to be talking about communicating. We're gonna be communicating about communicating, I guess is the word. Uh, so what happens when someone gets lost? You see it on television where the guys are in the helicopters and there's a rescue going on. They're not using cell phones, they're using something else. So is there something more reliable than cell phones? We all know that we don't have cell service necessarily everywhere. So what do we do in that case? What do we do if cell towers go down? Do cell towers go down? Yes, anyone who's been in an emergency can tell you that is true. So let's talk with some folks today who can tell us about communicating in other ways. Please welcome Ted Clayton and Jim Lathan. Welcome guys. Thank you, Thanks, Thanks, glad God. to be here. Now Jim, uh, everyone knows uh, who Ted is. He's the COO <laughs> of uh, Real Awakening International, but uh, Ted, uh, first of all, folks don't know that uh, you are into ham radio and other means of communication. Absolutely, Scott. You know, um, Michael has always been very keen on preparation. Uh, matter of fact, so much so that even for our television studio uh, audience, uh, we have mobile communication systems set up that are in uh, packages that we can take uh, you know, throughout the country and be able to do this television show. 
So it is just incredible how Michael feels that preparation, talking about revelation preparation, is so important right now in these in these very, very weird times that we're living in. You know, there's there are things happening like earthquakes and uh, tsunamis, volcanoes are erupting, um, wildfires, floods, tornadoes, hurricanes. It's mm-hmm. just people do not need to be prepared only for the apocalypse. Because uh, as a friend of mine used to say, um, you don't have to believe in the apocalypse to know if a disaster happens in your neighborhood, it's apocalyptic. Right. So we have to prepare at any time. I mean, uh, you know, people are never prepared for tornadoes. People aren't prepared for hurricanes, really. They're not prepared for floods or wildfires or any of these uh, disasters, earthquakes, but they happen. And when they happen, how can we talk to our loved ones and let them know we're okay? Or how can we get messages of importance uh, to people like the police department or the fire department? How do they get information to us? Right. So we thought that in this episode, we would talk about communications and talk about, number one, communication doesn't have to be real expensive. But we'll go into that here in just a moment with Jim. And uh, Jim, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you? You know, ladies and gentlemen, Jim is a dear friend of mine, and I've known Jim for years, but he is uh, just a wealth of information when it comes to communicating in a disaster. So Jim, tell us a little bit about you. Well, thank you, Ted, uh, and Scott, thank you for having me here. So what, how, do I, how did I get started in this, and why am I here in front of you folks today? Well, as a kid, I started in, in the hobby of radio, CBs. CBs mm-hmm. were the thing, right? You see mm-hmm. them in movies and mm-hmm. things. So I built my first radio, I built my first CB, I had a base station at home, we had one in the car, we'd travel and just chit-chat, talk along. No cell phones back then. Um, as I went forward and went through the military, I served in the military, I was in a communications unit in the military. We had massive radios, right? So I still enjoyed, the, I was learning even more and more. When I got out of the military, it took Hurricane Hugo to prove to me that I needed to be able to communicate to people in my family. Mm. Even though I live less than a quarter mile from my parents, I couldn't talk to them. Mm. Hugo took out everything we had in, down in the Columbia area. So that really sparked my, my, my drive back into to talking about uh, how to talk to my family, my friends, my community. So when we get started, when we talk about that, first thing I did was I'd go out and buy simple little radios that you can go to any store. These are FM, uh, FRS or GMRS radios. You can buy these at Walmarts. You can buy these at you know Sam's Clubs, just about any sporting goods store. These little radios can talk a good distance. This was for many years my mode of communication to my family while we're traveling down the road with cars or cars. Hmm. Uh, going like to a tandem and two cars or something. Two cars, yeah. we're carpooling. We're just kind of caravanning someplace. Mm-hmm. This was our mode of communication for many years. And they're still viable today, and you can go to any store and find these radios today. Now, and that's FRS stands for Family, family Radio, Radio Service. Family Radio Service. Now, what's the difference? Now, there's another acronym you use, the GM, GMRS. That? That's the General like general Mobile Radio Service, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Yes, yes. There's more channels, more power for those. Okay. And those, we'll talk about that as well. Though that Those channels require licensing, mm. okay? So you can license one license for the family, 
versus another license for ham radio, as we'll talk about. Okay. But that one license allows you to talk over national resources, such as repeaters. Repeaters is a way for me to talk over longer distance. It takes my signal and repeats it. Okay, so okay. the FRS, you see people in uh, campgrounds and things like this with their kids. I mean, you, you mentioned to me before the cameras uh, came on that you do this with your grandkids. So tell us about how your grandkids communications use Communications is, the basis of communications is, is just that, communicating and being able to communicate. I've got a, I've got a three-year-old, I've got a eight-year-old, and I've got a 10-year-old grandchild. Um, I've taught them early. And Ted vouched for this. Oh, yeah. We go out camping. Uh, we have these are their, these are their radios, by the way. This is my grand a set of my grandkids' radios. They know that they'll put a lanyard on. They they hang it around their neck or they hang it on their scooters. Off they go, and we check in. Right. They, so I'm I'm Papa Bear. We got Gaga Bear. We got Ted Bear. Donna Bear. <laughs> you know they know they they know to talk to us technically sure. on the radios and let us know Absolutely. where they are. And and so it's a basis of knowing how to communicate. But let me just also pause for a second and talk about communication. Emergency communication is not to always two way. You got to stay in the know. So whenever there's inclement weather coming, you always mm -hmm. hear about get your weather radio. Make sure you get your your code set in so you understand. But that's a great radio to have as well, and I don't have one here today, but I do have radios that allow you to listen to weather radio. Another part of your emergency communication standard should be a shortwave radio. Again, listen to what's going on. Mm. Not just talking and letting people know, but know what's happening in your community or around the world. Shortwave radio. So this is a one version of a radio, and this is a pocket version. Very important to have something of that nature in your hands, so you'll again know that when cell service goes down or TVs are gone, local radio might be out. But when local radio is out, your radio in your car is not going to hear it. And you, you know what, Jim? That brings up another good point too. You know, when these disasters hit. What else goes out besides communication? Well, the electricity. The usually, electricity right? goes yeah. out, right? So if the electricity goes out in this day and time, there goes the television. The television communication is gone. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to hear what's going on in your community. So a great thing to have is either a transistor, little transistor, AM, mm -hmm. FM radio, so that you can hear the local radio stations talking about the weather that's taking place mm -hmm. in your area. Or as Jim said, these shortwave radios that enable you not only to hear your local radio stations, but you can hear worldwide broadcasts to let you know. You know, once again, you know, the worst day you can possibly have is when a disaster hits your area, you know, and uh, but the information that you get may not be from your local area. It may be from Washington or something like that, talking about, you know, what's going on in your area. What if we did have some sort of catastrophic attack here in the United States? How do we get our information to us? Right, like martial law is declared. That's it's from right. Washington, That's right. then what? what do so, you, yeah. so these shortwave radios to have, now, first of all, let me say this too, if I can. This stuff is not expensive. Now, some of the stuff we're gonna show you today 
can be expensive, mm -hmm. okay? But the stuff that we're talking about today is very inexpensive for you to have, and it's very important. You know, Jim is uh, one of the directors. Now, you, you're you also the president of the Columbia Amateur Radio yeah, Club. we were going down that path, thank you, and it was, yeah. as I was going from the military, but what got me started in all this communications, uh, is, is this hobby has really excited me. And as I become a, a, you know, an evangelist of radio communications, expanding the hobby and teaching people how to be prepared. So I am the, Colum the, Col the Columbia Amateur Radio Club president. Ted's my vice president. That's right. Okay. okay. Columbia, South Carolina. Columbia, South Columbia, Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. So right. yeah, we, we, uh, we were voted in because they trust us in knowing what we talk about. Um, I'm also the Kershaw County in South Carolina, Kershaw County uh, Aries Amateur Radio Emergency Service Emergency Coordinator. So when something happens in the county, in your local counties, a group like mine, or a group like the Aries, they'll call on us to help them do their auxiliary communications, help bridge the gap between civilians and the government, right? And, and How to make that communication gap and make sure that the communication is flowing in and flowing out. Yeah, and, and as, as part of that, you know, recently in the recent years, you know, we have had several national emergencies or local emergencies that have taken place where the only thing that worked was ham radio. You know, me, myself, uh, my wife and I lived in uh, New Orleans when Hurricane Katrina hit. Well, what people don't understand about um, uh, New Orleans is it's an island, basically. It's surrounded mm -hmm. by the Mississippi River and Lake Pontchartrain. So there's very few ways into New Orleans and very few ways out. Well, here's the strange thing about the communications in New Orleans, okay? Uh, communications going in and out of New Orleans happen through cabling that is connected to these bridges that go in and out of New Orleans. Well, when Hurricane Katrina hit, it blew these bridges out. So when it blew the bridges out, it also blew all the cabling for communication out. So oh, wow. local telephones were out, uh, communication uh, uh, going to uh, different antennas for the uh, emergency services, all gone. Hmm. But we have a saying in ham radio, and we call, we say, when everything else fails, ham radio works. Now, why is that? So, okay, we've all heard that, okay, cell towers can go down or they yes. don't work, you're out of range or something like that. Mm -hmm. So in all those type of situations, why is something like what we see on the table here, why are those better? Do they not work on towers or how, how do they work? So, so good, that's a good, great question. So give me, let me give you a story first and then I'll tell you how that works. So a friend of ours, uh, Jason, KM4ACK, right. he, he's really got into prepping because of a, a natural disaster. His community got hit and was devastated by a tornado. So again, he lost cell service, they lost power, they lost radio, they lost everything. How did he communicate? How, did he, how could he let his family know on the other side of town that I'm okay, right? So your cell phone requires a tower to talk to. It is not a direct communication, even though you feel like it is. It's not a direct communication. These radios are what will operate in what we call simplex, direct, person to person, or one to out, it's just like a CB. Right, you get on mic, you broadcast. You now are a broadcaster. So I don't have to rely on a tower to communicate. Radios like this, five to 10 miles, handheld. Radio like this, this is the mobile version of these radios. This will go 15 miles. Direct direct communication. We talked about mm. the carpooling mm -hmm, or mm -hmm. the caravanning. Yep. 
going through the mountains, no cell service. If you go up 77, just past Charlotte here, you start losing cell service when it's you get um, into Almost immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So when, we kill, when, when my family goes up to Ohio to visit family, we're, we're, we have radios. Hmm. Okay. And so we were, talk, we were able to talk to each other. So the thing is, when the disaster hits, Tennessee got hit by that, tor that tornado, wiped out the town. My friend Jason lives there. He said, I had, Jim, I had no way of communicating to my family. Hmm. So what drove him to learning and being prepared, getting radio, starting this way, moving into ham, he was ready for the next disaster. The next disaster was Nashville. The bomb went mm. off on Christmas. Downtown, Day. yes. Yeah, downtown Nashville. Yep. Remember and, and it went off in front of the AT&T building, oh. which took down all oh. the communications. So mm. now you got, so well, the cell towers had power. Well, you gotta have a central office. Every telephone has a central office to go through. They took out a central office. They took out the central processing. No matter if your phone had service, or it looked like it had a cell, a cell signal, it didn't have a route to go through. That's mm. the internet. That's, that's kind of what the premise of being like, well, I got Skype, I got a computer, I've got this. If you don't have internet, you don't have a, if you don't have your connectivity, you have nothing. Right. right. So radio communications as we see it today, this is the last line. So let me ask you this. So that one, this goes two miles, that goes 15 miles. Mm -hmm. I have a daughter in Arkansas. Mm. How do I communicate with her? Oh, great question. So that would be, you know, talking about ham radio as we're going down the line, right? So one we can talk with, this is a radio called Box Chip. Mm -hmm. This radio here, Box Chip, the Box Chip is a network-based radio. So you can actually run applications on it like a phone, but it's also got a radio app on it so that we can actually connect through the internet or radio services mm -hmm. and we'll talk around the world. Now I was talking about, we were talking this morning on the way up here. Just this morning, we were talking to England, two of our friends in England, Wayne and Gary. We were talking to them on this radio. Mm -hmm. uh, now, of course, you know, when, when disaster strikes, oftentimes you won't have internet service. Mm -hmm. But if you do have internet service, these kind of radio communications can talk around the world, mm. literally. Even if there's no cell service, this can still talk. Okay. So now let's go to the no internet scenario. Yeah, so all everything's down. Everything's, everything's, down. everything's the whole, down. The world has gone so, to hell and a so, yep. you, know, you know, our heart still goes out for our friends in Puerto Rico and other places. Puerto Rico, when the hurricane hit Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. Puerto Rico lost all communications. Everything. Everything, mm. no matter what. Internet, cell. Internet, cell. Power, regular telephone. So they turned power. to something so like this? The ham radio community got together and they sent over volunteers with radio kits like this, mm -hmm. in bags like this. And what is something like that called? This is, a, this is an HF, high frequency radio. It's an all band radio, so I can talk on uh, just about any legal, I can talk on any legal ham radio frequency with this radio. Hmm. Now, the question is, how far can I get, Yeah. right? So um, just recently, Ted and I were camping mm -hmm. uh, down at the beach. This little radio with an antenna sitting on the back of my camper, yeah. I was able to talk to Mongolia. Yes. Oh, that answers the Arkansas question. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that answers that right? question. So, Mongolia, Belgium, so Italy, Italy, we were okay. all talking. talking to them. So now um, do they need to have one of these on the other end too? In order for you to right, right, okay. exactly, exactly. So, but that's the world. The, the it's not just a local community. It's not just a, a an American. It's not just a U.S. technology. This is worldwide. Now, how much training do you have to have? Like these are obvious. Your your three year old grandkids can operate these. Mm -hmm. What about something like that? 
training like this, it is, this is, it can look intimidating. It's really turning the knob, finding a channel, key in the mic. And talking. Talking. Okay. That's it's, it. just, it's just it, just knowing how to talk. And okay. when I say how to talk, you just, how, you know, what the world is listening for, because the world has standardized on a way to communicate over these. Now, here's, a, here's another big thing I want to talk about, too, and that's affordability. Because, you know, people are going to be looking at this gear and they're going to say, oh, my gosh, you know, this stuff is expensive. I mean, I, how can I afford yeah. to even get something like this? Well, here's the deal. Yes, there are some things that are very, very expensive. And we're gonna show those in the second segment. We're gonna show what we call our go boxes. Ah, and okay. inside those go boxes, we have one that's strictly an HF or high frequency go box. And then we have another go box we call the all comms box. And we're gonna show those in the second half. But these radios can cost as little as $30. $5. Now, for example, this little uh, HF radio, now this is actually a ham radio right here, okay? okay? Looks very small, fits in the palm of my hand. Uh, it goes great into little go kits or in your backpack or any. This cost only $35. I actually bought this last week on Amazon mm -hmm. and paid $34.99 for this particular radio, and it's a VHF, UHF radio, and it is one of those kind of radios that you can communicate uh, via repeaters, you can communicate radio to radio, mm -hmm. and personally speaking, my family, each one of my family has a radio very small like this, just in case something happens. You know, people go hiking. You know, mm -hmm. we have beautiful mountains and beautiful hiking trails here in North Carolina. And uh, I encourage my family members and so forth, bring a radio with you just in case because all of us have gone through the thing where you're on a hiking trail or you're out by the lake or something like this. You bring out your cell phone and all of a sudden, there's no service. Right. There's and nothing there. Party A has taken this trail, Party B has taken, taken that, that trail, trail, and it's getting dark. That's How do right. I find you? That's right. Yeah, now, the question about that one, so real quick, we only have about a minute left here okay. in this segment, but so that one that, you, that anyone can get, and I think a lot of people would watch this and say, yeah, I've got confidence in that, I can do that. Right. So how far will that go? Depending on uh, the power rating, this particular, I think, has five watts or something That's along those lines. A five-watt five radio. Depending on how the airwaves are at the particular moment, mm -hmm. this can go for miles. But if you hit repeaters, which are actually little transmitter towers, mm -hmm. you know, that are strategically placed across the country, this could talk around the country. You could literally talk okay. to uh, the other side of the state. Matter of fact, we talk on a repeater system here where Jim lives in Lugolf, South Carolina. I live in Indian Land, South Carolina. And I can talk to him on a little radio just like this because we utilize the uh, VHF repeaters on that uh, system, on that nation, on that statewide system, and you have a pre a, a predetermined uh, channel you you're going to be on. And well, that's how you know? we call them frequencies. Frequencies, yes. Okay. The, the repeaters operate on specific frequencies, but we could also, if we're talking radio to radio, we can actually get on a specific frequency, and we can talk to each other on that frequency. And we do that a lot. A uh, lot. We're driving around. Uh, we'll find our designate ourselves a special channel just for us to talk to. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. So, so that's we what don't you want to arrange with your family. Mm -hmm. Say, okay, if something goes down. We're Absolutely. going to be on this. this is, yeah, absolutely. And just think about your, you know, your daughter living in Arkansas 
and something major were to happen in the United States, you can have pre-communicated to your daughter, if something happens, we're gonna talk on this frequency and we're gonna stand by to hear from you every day at a certain time on that frequency and we're gonna be listening for mm -hmm. you. Part Makes of sense. any communication emergency plan, any kind of emergency plan is critical. Important phone numbers, right? Mm -hmm. Important phone numbers, points of interest to be at, to meet at, mm -hmm. right? But also how to make sure you can talk mm -hmm. to each other. Just like escaping your house uh, in case of a fire. We're all right. gonna meet at a certain <laughs> this is, this tree. Is, this, is our, exactly. this is our gathering exactly. point, right? Okay, great, so hang on to that thought. We have a lot more to talk about. We're gonna return here with Ted and Jim. We'll be right back with more, but first, uh, we wanna thank you for making all this possible. Very important thing we're talking about here today. We have you to thank for it, because without you, this show doesn't happen. So. Someone made it possible for you to see this show. Will you make it possible so that others can see this in the future? Your donations make it happen. We'll give you a couple minutes to do it. Thank you. And thank you for your support of Shabbat Night Live. If you saw our first segment and you were geeking out, just wait till this segment. <laughs> Ted Clayton, Jim Lathan, thank you again for joining us. We're talking all about emergency communications for our Revelation Preparation Series. We had a whole bunch of uh, family radio service, uh, the little little things up here on the stage. Sure. We have some bigger things, but Ted, something we didn't talk about in the first segment that we meant to was your homemade Power supply on the end there? What's that big orange yeah, box? Yeah, so we've got this big orange box here. And uh, basically, you know, you see the advertisements all over the place for these big battery boxes that can last, you know, during power failures, they can last for a long, long time and, and supply you power for things like CPAP machines or any, you know, charging your phones or any of the, anything, uh, charging your computer and operating your computer with. Well, Actually, let me tell you something really neat. You can actually build your own battery box. And when we build these, we use batteries like this. It's a little uh, lithium ion battery uh, because they last so long and they're totally rechargeable each time. And matter of fact, here in the front, I don't know if you can see it very well, but there's a little uh, wrapped up solar panel down there. What we do when we go out into field communications is we connect a solar panel to this battery box. And then we connect the battery box to these bigger boxes here that we call all comms boxes. Well, this is the all comms, this is HF only. But we can literally power these radios at full power all day long by doing that. So Jim and I have actually um, uh, not only run the radios all day, but we've run the radios all night. And then the next day, the solar panel kicks in and starts charging everything all over mm. again. So it's it's really incredible. And those other batteries, by the way, you'll see them on TV and you'll see the advertisement, $2,000 or $1,500. You can buy a battery system just like this. And this particular one has USB chargers. It has uh, cigarette lighter uh, plugs. Inside here is even an inverter. So you can plug your laptop in and actually operate your laptop with the inverter from this battery. And I think think this was done for around $400. Okay, so uh, if you know what you're with. doing with uh, a couple of tools, you can pull absolutely, it together? Absolutely, okay. and it's not hard at all. And matter of fact, if you want to know how to do this, all you gotta do is go to YouTube. I love YouTube for one major fact. It tells you how to do these really special boxes and these uh, communications packet. Now, Jim and I personally built these from scratch. Mm. So all of these communication boxes you see here are actually 
actually built from scratch by Jim and myself. And each one of these have an inverter. They also have a solar charger on them. So if you don't have any electricity, and once again, you're out in the woods or you're there's no power at your house, all you have to do is put that solar panel outside and you can operate uh, radios mm. and stuff now, all day Now two questions, what, what, how big of a solar panel would you need? Well, to be honest with you, this solar panel down here is uh, basically a, a 60 watt solar panel, I okay. believe, and it unwraps, it unfolds, mm -hmm. uh, kind of like a banner. Is this okay. something you get at like a Harbor Freight or some? You kind can of get store them at like Harbor that? Freight. You can get 100 watt uh, panels at Harbor Freight, okay. but you can also get those particular panels that uh, are down there. You can get those on Amazon. Oh. And literally, matter of fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a secret with you real quick, okay? okay? All of this that you see here, everything here was purchased off of Amazon. Wow, okay. Yeah. So now we put it together, you know, we, we put the components together for these big boxes and, and this thing, but all the parts, all the pieces were done from purchases on Amazon. Mm -hmm. And like I say, if you go to YouTube, you can see there are some wonderful instructional videos on how to build these battery boxes. Now we need to know what to search on YouTube. What would you search to build the, the orange box? Well, like for example, to build this orange box, I would search battery box. Just literally battery box. Battery box, box okay. absolutely right. If you search battery box, you will find different people, just like you and me, they're not manufacturers. So, you know, some of them do sell their boxes. Some of them mm -hmm. say, hey, no, no, just go and get the pieces parts. I mean, mm -hmm. I think this box cost me all of 40 bucks on Amazon, mm -hmm. you know? So you go and get the pieces parts, you put all the pieces parts together, and of course there's a lot of folks that say, oh, Ted, come on, I can't do that, I can't wire something. Listen, these guys are so thorough, they will literally stop and say, okay, now do this now. Okay, now that mm. you've done this, let's move on to this. Until finally, you have this very portable box. Matter of fact, I think this box is actually powering a little uh, Raspberry Pi computer down in the front that people can mm. see. Now, let's go into that just by the way. Mm -hmm. So that, that computer, Jim, before the cameras came on, you were telling me that if, so regular computers go down. We mentioned right. in the first segment, you've right. got to have internet, you've got to have power. If one of those is missing, you're going to have troubles. If none of those is available, how are you gonna send a message? How are you gonna send something like an email or something like so, that? So, so in the last segment we talked about, you know, Puerto Rico. Mm -hmm. They got hit by, they were devastated by a hurricane. So the, the ham radio community not only sent in, you know, kits for people to talk locally, but they had to get word out to people in other parts of the world. You know, we kept seeing a lot of, you know, news, People in New York were getting updates on family. Well, how are they doing that? So ham radio is not just about local, but it's about worldwide communications. The kits that you see up here on the desk today will enable that. So not only can we get out, and, and, and it's still the, the original mode of communication, dot, 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 did, did, you know, did, 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 mm -hmm. dot, 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 Morse code. Mm -hmm. That's still there today, and it is something that we're trying to not forget. We want to embrace Morse code. That is one of the best ways to get a message mm. out in the worst possible conditions. But now let's say you need to get more detailed information out. Hi, mom and dad, I'm at hospital, but I am okay. They're in a hurricane. That's, that's a lot of words to be able to get out, and it might be misunderstood. Mm. So with radios today, like this radio and these two radios here, these HF radios, we can pair that up with that little computer there with special applications on it, type our message, 
and sin. It will then take over the radio and send that out to other radios that are listening for that type of traffic. Mm. And they can receive emails. We can do keyboard to keyboard typing. We can do uh, just a quick text message over HF. So a simplified internet without an internet. Without That's an right. internet. There's, exactly. it's, it's a, the world is covered with HF, not with internet, but the mm. world is saturated with HF. People are always listening. And the way you get a message out, again, that little computer, boxes like this, radios like these that can take, that can adapt to a computer, they can send and receive messages. Now we'll go to the big ones in just a second here, but leaning over to these for a second. Again, uh, before the cameras came on, we were setting this up, you mentioned that these two units here, very differently priced, so they're, they're good for every budget, but uh, they do slightly different things. Can you explain what these two are? Sure, so we'll start with this, this Zyga G90. This Zyga G90, you can find these anywhere uh, off you know, like eBay, Amazons, anywhere up to $500, $150 to $500. Now what does it do? This is an HF only radio. So okay. it does 20 watts of power, plenty of power to be able to get your message out around, around the world. Uh, the radio next to it is a is a uh, ICOM 705. That radio, thousand to fourteen hundred dollars, depends on where you can find it. It's a high commodity today, but this is an all com box. This this radio has features that are in this box, mm -hmm. but also the same features in this box, but at a much smaller footprint and smaller power. It's very compact, it's latest and greatest, but it's, that's why you see the higher so price So smaller tag. power meaning smaller range? Long, less power, it could, as I said earlier, I use this radio and I talk to Mongolia, mm. right? I've used this radio and I've talked to uh, Kutar, I've talked to actually Antarctica with this radio. Yes. Um, now, it's just, you gotta look at your budget, figure out what it is that you want to accomplish, how you want to accomplish your communications. If it's just to be able to talk over the radio and you don't need the dual mode, you, you know, the Zagu's a great radio. This is a very popular radio. Mm. So it really it just depends on what you, what you want to get started with. Now, <laughs> the joke in the ham radio world, I bought my last radio. That's never been said proper, truthfully <laughs> ever. It's like buying my last boat. It's like it's buying my like last boat, boat or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never buy it. I always, a guy told me, he goes, I bought my last radio. And I went, welcome to Radios Anonymous. <laughs> the first thing, you know. Um, as you can see, Ted and I, we have a, a, a large collection of, but it's really understand what their capabilities are. They all have the same capabilities. Now people say, well, you need 100 watts of power. Well, that's a 100 watt radio. You don't need that to make contact. And I've proven that with just 10 watts of power. Mm. I've talked to Mongolia. Now, when I'm trying to get a message out from Puerto Rico, let's say those from Puerto Rico, they were getting to the US, they were doing it on very small power. That didn't have a lot of power. They had to go set up, put an antenna up and start talking. Mm. Right. Now, speaking of antennas, something just interesting, kind of by the way, just yes, no, not really uh, to do with uh, survivalist uh, things, but uh, talking to the Space station, yes. Is possible with this antenna that's sitting in front of our desk? Yes, so radios like 705, and then even with our little handheld, that yeah. little walkie, that $35, really? $35 walkie-talkie connected to this antenna, that antenna is called an arrow. It's made by arrow shafts. You can build them out of 
PVC with uh, with your uh, tape measures, cut the length properly. Hmm. But it doesn't take much to talk to satellites. There's thousands of them out there. You know, here's a crazy thing. Most people think of the International Space Station and they think of astronauts going there and doing high-tech scientific experiments. Let me tell you something else that's happening with the astronauts as well. Every astronaut that goes to the International Space Station has to be a licensed, certified ham radio operator as well. And they have ham radio on the International Space Station. And with the use of that antenna, you can you can literally, as the International Space Station is flying overhead, you can point the antenna, talk on your walkie-talkie, and talk, and Jim and I have done it before, talk to the International Space Station, and they talk back to us until they go over the horizon and they're out of our range, and at that point, it's over. But with that satellite antenna, you can actually utilize satellites that are there in the sky right now and talk, let's say for example, you wanted to talk to Russia and the propagation is not that great, you know, it's the air, air waves are not working really well. You can use that antenna, bounce your signal off of a satellite and back down uh, to France, let's say if you wanna to talk to somebody in France and they can hear you and talk back on that same satellite mm. back to you. Now, once again, when that satellite goes out of range of you, it's over, obviously. But it goes back to once again, let's, you know, we've been talking about today, we've been talking about the localized things like the, you know, tornadoes, floods, fires, earthquakes, hurricanes, those type of things. But what if something bigger were to happen? What if there became a worldwide or a nationwide calamity? Let's say there was an attack of some kind. And we had to talk not only to people in our own country, but in fact, we had to talk to people in other countries as well to get, to get communication back and forth, to find out information and so forth, because perhaps all communication is down in the United States. And the only way to get uh, information is from other countries. Well, when you build these type of units right here, now we call it, like Jim was saying a moment ago, we call this an all comms box. So if you think about it this way, this, this box here that, oh, that I'm putting my hand on has a VHF, UHF, those GMRS, you know, those little walkie-talkies. It's got CB radio, and it also has that network radio, similar to the box chip uh, we demonstrated in the first segment. So consider this box. So you said, Ted, why do you have two boxes? This box is the local communication box, okay? This box over here with the HF radio in it this box is for international and worldwide communications. Now, that being said, can you communicate worldwide with this box? Absolutely. But this is specifically designed to talk uh, to Alaska, to Japan, to Australia, to any other country, because it is actually uh, created uh, it uses high frequency instead of very high frequency and all mm -hmm. the others. So the, the bands typically propagate or get out further with that particular radio so you can communicate in here on that. Now, of course, not everybody can build their own, you know, all comms box or these big HF boxes. Like I said, start, you know, we, we have to start somewhere. So we crawl, we walk, and we run, okay? Start with that 3499 radio from Baofeng. Uh, it's a Baofeng radio, and start with that one first, and do that. Now, here's another thing, okay? 
Some of these radios in the United States have to be licensed, okay? For example, you have to have a license to operate this box and you have to have a license to operate this box. You even really have to have a license to operate the little Baofeng radio. However, here's the caveat. And I encourage everyone out there to go get licensed. I really, really do, because you wanna do things the right way. You know, the Bible says, render under Caesar what is Caesar's, right? Okay, well, if that's the case, then go out and get your license, because you want to get a license for this. However, however, if there is a life-threatening emergency taking place at the time, the Federal Communications says, Federal Communications uh, Commission, uh, commission mm -hmm. says, that you can, under that circumstance, talk on an amateur radio if you're trying to solicit help, okay? So let's say, for example, you're hiking and you're in the Great Smoky Mountains like here in, uh, in Carolina, okay? So you're out and about, you have your little $35 uh, uh, radio and you fall and you break your leg. Okay, you put your, you bring your cell phone because the very first thing you're going to think about is I'm going to take my cell phone out and I'm going to call for me an ambulance, right? And then you look and you have no bars. You have no way to communicate. Okay. At that point, the Federal Communications Commission states you are legal to use that radio because it's a life-threatening emergency and you can call out on that radio for help. Now, some radios, and that's one thing that Jim and I kind of failed to talk about here because we just have such short time, but some radios have something called APRS, or it's a way to follow you or find you. It's like a track, uh, uh, like, you know, like a beacon. beacon. GPS okay. beacon. It's a GPS beacon, and you can uh, utilize that and uh, the emergency services folks can literally find you wherever you are. So into that point, that antenna right there. Yes. So let's say you're out there. Those radios just analog. There's no digital data there to let you know where you are. You don't have right. a GPS perhaps. Uh, that antenna, let's say there's other hams have heard you. That antenna will help triangulate your position. So that antenna is very directional. As you can talk about, it's following that satellite, right? I got to be directional, right? That it would be using the same thing. And we call that fox hunting. Mm. So we'll take that, and there would be multiple hams out listening for your signal. And a guy will, somebody will say, well, I've got him at this direction. Another one, I've got him at this direction. And wherever the directions cross, that's where you'll be. And that's mm, where they'll right. know to focus. So we've got a lot. I'm th sorry to cut no, you guys off. We're running out of time. We yeah. are going to do a bonus on this. Would you guys be open oh, to that? Oh, we'd we'll love, love to. Because I think there's a lot more to talk about here, and this is one of the most important things about prepping that we need to really know and understand and get training for. That's another thing I want to ask you. How do we get training for this? So we'll talk about that in the bonus section. Until then, Ted Clayton and uh, Jim Latham, thank you for joining thank us you. on this extremely important Scott. edition of Shabbat Night Live. Thank you for joining us, and again, Join us next week. There's going to be lots more to talk about, and uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, Shavua Tov.